Welcome to Get It Done Entrepreneurs, where we talk with founders of companies who bet on themselves and won. My name is Rich LeBrun, and I am the founder and CEO of LeBrun Advisory Group. You can find us at rlebrun.com. Our mission is to help our clients build wealth through business ownership. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Our special guest today is Artem Semjanow. He's the founder of Neatsy.ai, an exciting concept today. We'd love to learn about this. Artem is a co-founder and CEO of Netsy AI, the world's first app that utilizes AI and AR to detect orthopedic and podiatry health issues with only an iPhone camera. In June of 2023, Nietzsche was one of the 13 selected tech startups for Techstars Accelerator Program, which is, has a lower acceptance rate, but usually only about 1% to 2%, than Harvard, which is 5%. Former CEO and chief, chief of R&D at Prisma AI, a photo editing app with more than 130 million users worldwide, he grew ARR from 0 to 1.5 million with zero marketing budget. Wouldn't we like to know how to do that? Graduated from HSC and University College of London joint program. He's a research fellow at Harvard Medical School since 2023. Artem has seven years of experiencing experience in engineering, AI, ML, and CV research. For five years, he taught statistics and probability theory to students. Artem is also a patent author, a published author, and thought leader in many top media outlets. With all that said, welcome, Artem, to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Rich, for having me. Excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, you mentioned uh, you are currently in Poland. Warsaw, Poland? Yes, exactly. So half of our team are based in uh, Warsaw, Poland. Half of our team are based in Boston, United States. So I took a trip right now to um, get some team building down with our developers who are located here and move forward some of our like new recent developments and R&D, pretty much. Well, where do you live? Uh, I'm actually, I don't know, I would say that maybe eight months of the year, maybe seven months of the year, I live in Boston. And another like five months, I live in Warsaw. So I'm kind of moving back and forth between these two locations a lot. Uh, because, yeah, half of the team is here, half of the team is there. And by the way, the quick advertisement for Warsaw, and you've never been here, it's really nice city, a lot of nice restaurants, uh, Polish cuisine, and all other kinds of European as well, Italian, French, um, really nice places, yeah. Very nice. I've yet to be there, but someday, someday my, uh, I have a brother that travels all over the world, so he's all over Europe, and, and I have yet to make that trip, but I will do it someday. I'll look you up when I get there. Yeah, but Poland, Poland is a beautiful country. It has uh, sea. You can even swim there. It's Baltic Sea in Gdansk, and it have beautiful mountains in Zakopane, which is close to Krakow. So it's a lot of it's nice architecture, history, culture, and nice uh, nature as well. Very nice. Well, Artem, I'm very interested. A couple of things. I'm interested in the subject matter, but. Really, to begin the show here, I'd like to hear your story. You know, what caused you to start your own company? Uh, was this a dream? Uh, were you out of work? Were you, you know, what was what was a what was the reasoning behind starting Nietzsche? Yeah, it's actually pretty usual thing for many startup founders. 
um, especially if you're doing something in health and fitness or healthcare spaces. Um, I took my personal pain and my personal health issue that I personally have and decided to fix it for myself and hopefully in the future for the whole world. Uh, so for me, it started all like, I guess, maybe 10 years ago or something when I moved to London for my university studies. I started to walk a lot and I started to have pain in my foot and knees. Um, and I tried to treat it the conventional way, did all the tests, went to doctors, first doctor opinion, second doctor opinion, eighth doctor opinion, physical therapy, custom orthotics, a lot of stuff. But uh, it's it was like really long story, <laughs> expensive as well. And I was always thinking, hey, it's got to be a better way. And at the same time, I was, I like more than the time and expense, it started to take a I don't know, kind of mental toll on me. I just accepted that pain is a part of my life, pain in my knees and foot, feet, and I cannot walk a lot, and I have to forget about running, and it's just not for me. Uh, I can't do that. And at some point of time, um, it, I might have career prisoner labs, my previous, com- previous, previous company that I worked for, I decided that, hey, maybe it's enough to do um, uh, photo editing apps which enhance people's selfies which is really cool and a very fun way it's a lot of users people take pictures on themselves and the app makes looks better and just more cool uh, but at some point I decided to kind of just get I don't know like tired of that after several years of doing that and I wanted to have something more impactful I decided to take the healthcare and health as a topic and took my personal pain that I had for many years at that point and started the company Nitsi. I gathered the best AI engineers that I know uh, in the team and also orthopedic surgeons from Harvard Medical School and Mass General Hospital to work on this um, concept pretty much. So you, you, for you, this created a, kind of something personal. You were actually f- feeling you know, physical pain. You're a young guy too, right? I mean, so the, yes, the, yes. Uh, right now I'm 31. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, for the last 10 years, I'm like, I had to forget about like walking a lot. Sometimes I was like, hey, I can walk only to my car and that's it. Uh, and I always thought that it's more like shoes are not comfortable uh, enough. And that's actually what our first concept that needs. We were making the app that helps to just find better fitting shoes. We just still do. Uh, like, but it was our first feature set that we made. Uh, hey, how we can find better fitting running shoes, basketball shoes, everyday shoes. But uh, during this research of how really people choose uh, shoes and how like people say it's comfortable or not comfortable for some people, a certain shoe is comfortable enough. Another person would say, hey, it's not comfortable at all. We were trying to locate what's the difference between the people. And we found that foot shape is a major driver and different kind of deformities, such as flat foot, overpronation, variants, and other stuff that actually visible by the eyes. Uh, and they actually determine the fit. And that's actually the key. And that's how whole Nitsi uh, idea get transformed from just shoe finder, like better fitting shoe finder to an app that helps you to understand what the problem might be uh, with your foot and in the future with your spine. Uh, It's the app that connects you to doctors that could really diagnose you over the telehealth experience. uh, And you can really, doctors can see you without actually seeing you in person. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, 
the app could help you with shoe fitting, custom orthotics in the future, and physical therapy down through the app. Well, let me talk about the company a little bit. Uh, we'll have a chance to do the commercial break and we can probably dive into this in more detail, which is awesome. Um, so when did you, when did the company launch? Is it, is, is it two, this year, 2023? No, it's actually a pretty, pretty long story. So we launched back in 2019. So it's four years already. And it was a lot of, you know, ups and downs. Uh, I started the company, the very start was, actually, I just got my kid. Uh, my first, uh, my daughter was born in that that year, and uh, I, <laughs> I know I decided to put all the bets on myself, and kind of just took a loan uh, to start the company. <laughs> it was one of the most stupidest, I think, or maybe the happiest decision in my life. I don't know yet. <laughs> That's a good question. Is it the stupidest or the most luckiest? Still have to figure it out. Uh, but it was tough. Yeah, I took the loan. It was credit card loan with pretty high interest rate. And uh, I helped to start the company, build the first initial um, prototype. And then I got some investments. Um, and I got investments. I didn't repay my loan because I was afraid that maybe um, we will not get in time uh, to ship the product to the market because it was like a lot of R&D. So... I made really kind of hard bet that I would invent something new for the world. Never do, never do this. <laughs> it's a bad idea. It's more like for universities. If you like work at the university, you're a scientist. Yeah, you can invent something for the world. But when you do business, you already taken the risk of making a business. And when you also taking the risk of inventing something new scientifically, it's, it's like double risk, which is hard. And uh, yeah, but it eventually paid off. Um, we managed to like ship the product and get next like round of investments. And only then I started to repay my personal loan. And only now I have you know, the good financial position <laughs> in my life. Yeah. And I also got the second kid. It was like exactly the time when I got like um, something like the things starting to get better from financial start, uh, standpoint but all over like a couple first years was a nightmare because uh, i had this loan uh, i had small kids uh, i had very tight budget for my family my wife wasn't able to work and we had to like build the product that works really and uh, like, yeah from- i mean I, what a what a what a story though because you're here you know this, i love the stories i mean i love all the stories that are listener or uh, speakers on our program talk about but you were all in you have a new child you're young you still, still got foot pain and uh <laughs> you'll get a credit card loan you see i'm just going for you bet on other the word you said i bet on myself that is just fantastic mm-hmm. and yes. you and you had to fight your way through this and you're launching a new product and you want to change the world so you know you, you took everything on at one time which is awesome um, um. But yeah, you, I don't know. I, I know. Is it stupid or is it lucky? <laughs> we still, as I said, we still do have to figure it out. But uh, finally, I I can like say that hey, it's, it's working. <laughs> it's working. Well, so so you had to, you had to put this together, and you had to get other partners. You had to raise capital, and you had to, you had brought in some other. Um, I'm going to call it input, whatever it's doctors mm-hmm. or people, right, to to get this app off the ground. And uh, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Let's talk about. Can you think of one tough decision that you that you went through that you overcame? 
one tough decision that I overcame. I guess maybe um, making a pivot, I guess. That was the tough decision because in, in our initial idea, as I said, was the app that helps you to find better fitting shoes and our initial business model that we did. We were trying to sell it as the like, app or SDK to um, uh, stores, to shops, online shops that sell shoes and help them to reduce returns, improve uh, uh, conversion rates. And it was just so slow. And we also uh, didn't have, like, the product wasn't really working that well. Because when you do AI, that's actually a very hard thing. Uh, you have this cold start program. You don't a cold start problem. You don't have the data to train your AI until you put your AI in use with real users, and you can use this data to label it and improve it. That's the whole like. There's like a chicken egg problem anytime you make any AI product. And we had struggles that all the shops they wanted the product that works good, and they didn't want to start the partnership with us until it's really good. And we didn't have the data to improve our product until we have any kind of real users and real sales and real real partners. That was really hard. And that was my, I guess, the toughest decision that I decided, hey, we changed the whole business model. We don't do B2B. Here, we just switch towards end users and use the app subscriptions. Uh, I'll tell some more about the app a, 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 bit, a bit later, but... At first, it was hard to do that because also the investors was like, hey, why are we changing the strategy? And I had a lot of talks with them explaining that the new strategy is going to work better than the, the previous one because the previous one, we were just losing time. Um, uh, but eventually, we launched the subscription in the app. We spent some time improving that and finally have real, really good unit economics on that. You know, I love everybody talks about, oh, I'm going to go create an app. And nobody really knows the work behind the scenes to get an app to make it to market and, and do well with it. Now, you made some good decisions, too, because you are you are now kind of over some of that hurdle, right? I'm sure you have more challenges ahead, but you kind of got out of the, the toughest times, maybe. Is there a key decision that was pivotal and that you did right? That you really said, that was, I'm glad we did this. Uh, well, finally, we have really good uh, um, app that has really good retention rates. People use it for uh, understanding what might be wrong with them, how to find better fitting shoes, how to do physical therapy, uh, how to reduce their pain when they run. And uh, we just found this like niche of runners or general people who have some pain in their joints and muscles. Uh, we discovered that people ready to pay for some solutions in that area that really works. And we just double down on like providing how how to make the app that helps with that day to day. Uh, it wasn't, I would say, it just one decision that was good. It was just step by step by step. So it's not like I jumped on the mountain like with one, within one jump. It was like a ladder uh, of many, many, many small decisions that led us to the point that hey, it's finally working. The retention are good. We are making profits on this app and. The business is really good. Well, that's perfect. Thank you for that. Now let's kind of go into this commercial break because this is a new space, not you know AI, and now you got created an app and you're using this an app to solve people's problems with their feet and shoes, etc. You mentioned runners. I think they would be their ears would be perking up. 
So in this commercial break, let's talk about who is your <laughs> who is your customer. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, anything you want to tell us about your company that we should know, our listeners should know, so maybe they could use your services or know of somebody else that can mm -hmm. use your services? Sure. Um, our main customer as of right now are people who are interested in running and who have some uh, pain issues in their foot, knee, hip. And we also expanded our offering into spine pain right now. We have um, a lot of physical therapies just launched for the spine. So our app, Essentially, you download it, you tell where exactly does it hurt. You also take a picture of your foot. In the future, there will be also take a picture of your spine. Our AI constructs a 3D model of your foot or your spine, understand the deformities, understand the pain locations, and um, suggests you different, uh, uh, different uh, physical therapies that might help you. Or might not. So, like legally speaking, I would say that it's not a diagnosis in any kind of. You have to consult with your doctor. Um, uh, but this app could help you, uh, and uh, also the app would help you to find better fitting shoes, order some um, uh, insoles. Uh, in the future, we'll also add some uh, custom orthotics in the app, and also there is a chat. Uh, AI-driven chat in the app that you can ask any questions about how to find better fitting shoes, how to be a better runner, how to get rid of pain in certain parts of the bodies. Uh, this chat would also tell you a lot of times that you have to come just double check with the doctors. Uh, but then it also provides some answers of what might help you as well. And well, I, all of that within the uh, app subscription uh um, we have a special promo code for the first month free that we can uh put in into the uh links uh after after the show that we will distribute after the show uh, so you could everyone could try it uh, one month free and see it if they like it or not so this would this be information i would have that would be that i could take and bring to my doctor and say here's some here's some data that may help with what my problem what i think my problem is and they can help review that uh, exactly. Oh yeah, that's actually well. That's actually a future. That's actually the future where we had it at. So we just um, launched our new tool for doctors to actually like see the patient remotely to assess their pain locations, mm -hmm. um, uh, to assess their foot shape, spine shape, and really put diagnosis in place over the telehealth, or just do like diagnosis in person when you are in the in the room with the doctor, and then provide a remote patient monitoring uh, after you walk out of the hospital clinics and really help to take better care of every patient uh, to keep an eye on the patient. What, what, How is the pain? Is it goes up? Is it goes down? Where it's located? Uh, do people, uh, do patients use um, uh, customer studies that they prescribe? Do uh, they walk a lot or they walk not a lot? Um, their posture and many other things that helps um, uh, physical therapists, orthopedic surgeons, podiatrists to take better care of their patients. That's actually our vision for the future, the platform that helps doctors to take better care of their patients. You know, and, and I'm definitely not in the space, but I'm fascinated by the AI space. I did read an article somewhere that they did an AI study where they took a lot of medical records of diagnosis and put it into whatever some database format. And then they do, you let AI process through all that. And 
apparently AI came out at like 94% accurate of diagnosis where doctors were like 87%. And so this new, talk about AI, if you could mind, just, oh, just a minute, tell us about where you see AI going in something like you're doing. So because we're, we're the consumers, right? And this is all new to us. We hear it on the TV and read about it every day. What's the power of it? That's that's a really great question, especially the uh, example that you made. Uh, sometimes AI is really more accurate than average doctor. So the AI would never replace really great doctors that are like really well-known and top leaders in the field because the AI essentially trains on their opinion. But uh, the, doc uh, the AI could empower more like average doctors to do like be more efficient, more accurate, and uh, more productive and really like help more people essentially. And uh, there's really good question about here because in many tests, many AI systems really give really great accuracies in terms of like detecting different health issues. And this accuracy, if you also compare it to the real human performance, which is also actually not 100%, uh, sometimes like there is like two doctors and two different opinions uh, on a certain patient. Um, uh, and um, uh, AI is sometimes very accurate, more even more accurate than real human doctor. But that's also a really good question about how this whole um, legal framework would develop, how like what the FDA thinks about that, really about these kind of AIs, what the requirements would be really to license any AI to do some um, like diagnosis, really diagnosis stuff. Um, uh, that's, I guess, the main thing, uh, what would happen in the future, the main gamble, like what, what, how it will develop, how fast it will develop, because there's a lot of possibilities to make healthcare more efficient, more affordable, uh, more accessible to everyone, even remotely. You don't have to go to like really like big scientific center, like Mass General Hospital, or you can have some of this experience just sitting at home everywhere in the world. Um, and that's what I think could really make the world better. Like people would be empowered with more cheaper healthcare, which is accessible everywhere. Uh, but uh, it's it's very important to put some like really easy to understand regulatory frameworks, both to make it safe uh, for patients and at the same time really transparent for companies building some of in this area. That hey, this is like the rules. To make it safe, here's like the clinical trials that we want to see uh, be done really uh, to license you. And I guess that's the most interesting thing for me. What would happen in the next five years in this within this uh, uh, within these regulations for healthcare related AIs? Yeah, yeah, and I think is. As, as, as data more comes in, gets populated, just gets better, right? It's, it's just the AI function just keeps getting better and better as more you collect yes, more yes. Yeah. yeah so it's, it's, there is like really big benefit to society using uh, AI systems in certain cases to make digital triage uh, understand better um, like is it like a simple case and people can try to fix it on their own is it more complicated case and really surgery probably is needed so these patients should be prioritized to get first in line to see the doctor. Um, but at the same time, there is like a lot of um, oversight needed to make the system fair. 
and I guess the biggest challenge of our generation is really how to make it fair, really how to make the fair regulations uh, that keeps the whole AI system fair. Yeah, very good. Well, I want to shift to the last part of our program. This is about you being a founder, CEO, you're still in the marketplace, whether you're in Boston or Poland or whatever, you still got, you have a company to run, you are facing the same headwinds we all are as far as the economy and labor, and you're you're forging into a new space with AI with a lot of discussion about it. Do you see the future for you and your company is something, the opportunity to grow? Are you positive? Are you excited about it? Do you think, are you concerned about some of the interest rates or labor? How do you, how are you navigating these, I'll say 2023 and you're thinking forward? Well, uh, I guess the one thing that helps us is we are still small in terms of how much people we have, how much salaries we pay. And uh, it's uh, relatively easy to raise seed rounds, I mean, series A rounds in today's uh, market situation. So the big problems are with like bigger rounds, like series B, series C, uh, but it's bigger companies, uh, usually uh, these companies could optimize some of their business and really make it like uh, more profitable uh, because like two years ago, three years ago, like the one thing that mattered is growth, how fast you're growing. Uh, right now, it's efficiency that matters more. More Is it like, are your company efficient? Do you have positive unit economics? What's your customer acquisition cost payback period? Is it like, Six months, it's too much. It has to be like one or two months or something. Um, uh, and um, you like preferably the company have to be at break even as fast as possible. Um, so there is no way really to lose a lot of money like over like, big periods of time like it was possible before. At one hand, uh, there is it's hard, right? It's, it's hard to make the business like be break even like right away. Sure. But at the same time, everybody plays the same game. So um, everyone has this market uh, situation. It's not like only you have. So yeah, I guess like three years ago, it was important to make growth as fast as possible. Right now, it's important to make efficient company, I guess. And every, for everyone this year, it's, it's important to make an efficient company. So you're playing the same game like with everyone else. And as many people say that, uh, you don't have to be your company or your product don't, doesn't have to be perfect. It have to be better than everything else on the market. That's mm-hmm. every entrepreneur should focus on how to make your product best on the market, how to make your company best from investment perspective and compared to others, not just best of the best of the best, something like that. <laughs> I, I don't even know what that, what's that mean, best of the best of the best. It has to be better than the others. Um, and it's hard but it's possible to do in some ways uh, because every company have some strength, have some weaknesses. You have to focus on the strength and be better at your strength, strong points. Uh, and I guess that's the, like, the short answer to that. Like, just mm-hmm. be stronger to your strong points, figure out your strong points, try to be better at your strong points, better than everyone else. Um, and that would be enough. That would be enough. Very good, very good. Okay, but you're also a human being, and you got to get up in the morning. You're a father, right? And uh, you got to get you know wake up at Monday morning and get yourself ready to go lead the charge. 
What do you do on a personal basis? Do you have certain regimens or disciplines or mentors? How do you keep yourself focused? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I never did like really uh, like a list of that, but I have some habits that helps me personally. I know it would help everyone, but for me personally, it really helps. Um, I do this um, fancy right now Wim Hof exercises. I know have you heard about them or not. So essentially, it's a breath work plus um, cold shower or cold um, bathtub, preferably ice cold. Uh, it's hard to do, uh, but I would recommend everyone just try that. And you know, to try that, you don't have to go like all in and just do like ice cold from the first time. You just you can start with something small like. A shower that was warm that it used to be, <laughs> yeah, and it's actually enough to start. And it really helps me, uh, for me personally, it helps me to kind of calm my calm myself down at my own command. So whenever I want to be more calm, I'm just okay. I'm just doing this more calm because it's it's hard because it's when you CEO of the company, you CEO of the startup, it's a lot of things that goes wrong. <laughs> Always something not right. Uh, let's let's say like that. And uh, in order to be like really calm and really think and not panic, sometimes you just lose this ability to calm yourself. And these techniques really help me to get more calm on my own command whenever I want, because I practice. So and I practice it not be, not when everything is bad. I practice it daily. Daily. When because yeah because when something goes bad. I'm just, okay, just calm down at my own will. And then you just think more clearly. You just find ways how to solve any issue and really move forward. Very good. Let me ask you a question. Uh, you're a young guy, started a business, and you're doing really well. Did you bring in mentors around you, uh, coaches, to help guide you to get this thing off the ground and in, in areas that maybe you weren't comfortable with or experienced in? Uh, well, I guess I would mention couple of guys uh first of all i would say that we have wonderful mentors on the doctor side that helps us with the like clinical perspective and really orthopedic surgeon perspective uh guys uh, from foot and ankle research innovation lab at harvard medical school um dr um uh, Ashkani, dr chris dicivani and all the their team of i don't know how much team maybe 30 or 40 doctors that interact wow. with us um, uh, uh, we have a desk at the lab which is really helpful and really it, it really helps us to get opinions of different doctors fast on different like how things how to make it better uh, what's their pers doctor perspective really is it helpful for patients or for doctors or not this is really helpful because otherwise it would be impossible really to 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 understand that deep um, and um, the medical part of the things. Um, and I guess the other thing that I would mention that really helped me is a um, uh, Texas program that I, I, I went recently. We got really amazing uh, team of mentors there who are um, uh, seasoned entrepreneurs. They had some some of them have really huge success, like billion dollar companies. And we had 
talks with them when they were like just telling their own story and we were asking them questions. And I understood that they struggled as well. It wasn't an easy ride that you just put on Instagram that, hey, you know, like we like so, so successful and rich, because, but people don't see the years of greed that was before that. Uh, because sometimes media just like the pretty picture and they don't want to talk about all this like endless sleepless nights that were before that. And I understand that I remember like the words from CEO of the company called Noom. Uh, it's a very successful health and fitness app, like like Pete and Dollar company. He was like, sometimes like when you make the first stages of the company, you feel like you're not really successful and it's really hard and you see all the you know, success stories, but actually this is the time that is the best time of your life. And this is the time when you make your success. And this is like the, the time that is fun and you will remember the time when it was hard as a fun time when you get some success. Yeah. Um, and eventually you will get some success one way or another. It doesn't have to be the same idea that you started with. So you don't have to really trust the idea that you started. It's more like you have to trust yourself that you find out some ways to get success, some ideas that will work. Maybe it's not going to be like a today's idea. Maybe it could be like a future idea. You never know, but you have to trust in yourself that you will find some idea that will work. And I really like this perspective. It's really kind of well said, I would say. I also like felt, yes, this is exactly what I also <laughs> felt at the times. And yeah, I guess that's the, the two main parts for the mentors. Yeah, yeah. So many times I talk to founders, you know, they have the same feeling. You know, that it was a, start, a rough ride, went through a lot of challenges in the beginning. It really brought out the best in them because that's that's when you become most resourceful because you had to because you're hungry you gotta get a wife and kid and you gotta feed them you know you got a loan to pay yeah. back <laughs> so it's like even though it's frustrating it's, it's actually when we're operating at our best and uh, and you get a chance to look back and and appreciate that now artem this is a wonderful conversation thank you i always want to say thank you to our to our guests on the show because i know you're a busy person you took time out of your busy day to share your wisdom and insights with our listeners so thank you for being on the show should any of our uh, listeners want to get a hold of you learn more maybe we have some medical practitioners who are listeners or maybe like to you know participate in in what you're doing over there what's the best way for them to get a hold of you uh well uh it's pretty easy it's just my name artem uh, at nitsi.ai uh that's my email so my name at nitsi.ai uh and that's it uh and i'll try to respond maybe not immediately but if you send a couple of emails it will have much higher response rate yeah and uh thank you so much for having me this was a wonderful conversation and thank you so much for the audience for listening well thanks again thanks for uh, all that you do and I'm, I'm looking forward to looking at that app and seeing how it really plays out in the world you, you are definitely making a difference. So with that, I wish you a, a great day. What time is it in Poland? Uh, it's 7.20 p.m. All right. Well, have a great evening then. Yeah. Rich LeBrun here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Get It Done Entrepreneurs. If you are a successful business owner who would like to be on this program, 
please visit us at rlebrun.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form and we will reach out to you. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag GetItDoneEntrepreneurs. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, rlebrun.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.